Welcome to Diner Talks with James. Slide into the booth and let's have conversations we never want to end with friends we never want to leave over food we probably shouldn't be eating. Friends, what's going on? It's your boy, James Robolata here. Welcome to the first ever episode of Diner Talks with James. I'm so excited to have you here, friends. How are you doing today? Listen, let me know. Where are you chiming in from right now? Where are you at? Where are you watching this from? Are you uh, are you on your couch? Are you in Sonoma, Washington? Are you in, where are you? Let me know where you're from around the globe. Throw it in the comments. Let me know. And if you can hear me okay, if you could do me a favor and just smack that, that like button or that wow face or whatever, the heart, just so I know that you all can hear me okay. Uh, I appreciate it, y'all. I appreciate it. I love it. Ella coming in from Hollywood, Florida. My friends, I'm so excited that you are here today and kicking it with me first ever episode uh we got my buddy sam davidson coming up in just a minute but first we're going to start this episode out with uh they got how do they do it you gotta you gotta tap it a couple times okay here we go we're gonna start every episode out with something that you all want to hear me talk about so tonight we're doing the top three top three Cue some sort of musical thing. This has been polled by you on my Facebook fan page, uh, James Robolata, uh, speaker, author, host. And so I asked on that page, what are some things that you want to hear my top three of? So let's jump in right now. Here we go. First off, top three travel destinations in the United States. Number one, the Pacific Northwest. Listen, Portland, let's hang out. The Pacific, I'm telling you, there's more shades of green in the state of Oregon than I've seen anywhere else in my life. I absolutely love it out there, uh, and it is stunning. Uh, there's seals that just gather on rocks, and they have this place called Pine State Biscuits that make you want to slap every member of your family. They're banging. Next, Charleston, South Carolina. Listen, here's the key to finding a great restaurant in Charleston, South Carolina. If it looks like it's falling over and it smells amazing from three blocks away, you better get in there because grandma's still cooking those recipes that made her famous. Next, the coast of Maine. Listen, let me talk to you about the coast of Maine really quick. There's nothing more beautiful than the coast of Maine. They got lobsters coming out. They're just coming out of the rocks. They're waving at you out there, right? It's absolutely beautiful. And Bahab is lovely. All right, it's lovely. But there's other beautiful parts of Maine as well. I'm telling you, I'm a man who likes the coast. I guess that's why I'm a cancer. Next, <laughs> Girl Scout cookies. Highly debated topic in a number of ways. First off, what's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Throw it in these comments. Let me hear what you got to say. Best Girl Scout cookie ever. Feel free to at me, bro, is the tag along. And don't come here with no peanut butter patty language, okay? They're called tag alongs, and they're attractive. Next, Samoas. Samoas for the caramel lover in all of us. Not the caramel delight, friends. They're called Samoas, okay? Next and last, Thin Mints. After being in the freezer, Thin Mints after being in the freezer, if your favorite cookie, Girl Scout cookie, is the lemonade, then I need you to sign off of this podcast right now. It's not even a podcast, but I still need you to sign off. Frozen Mint Chip, Dan Fail in the building, jump, jump for joy. Last but not least, sports teams, easy, all three, the New York Yankees, okay? First off, watch your mouth. Second off, watch your mouth. Third off, look at me. Don't look at me. The New York Yankees are the greatest sports team in all history. Ask me what my favorite number is. Go ahead, ask me. 
It's 27. <laughs> anyway, friends, close second behind the New York Yankees, the Clemson Tigers, and of course, the UNCW Seahawks. You've never heard of them. We made this tournament a number of years ago, and it was really special, and now we're not as good. But anyway... Those are your top three, top three lists tonight, friends. Thank you so much. If you want to participate in what I talk about at the top of the show next week, make sure you get onto that Facebook page and do me a favor, like it, subscribe to it, whatever the terminology is, and then answer the question that I post at the beginning of next week. But let's jump in to the guest. I started this idea because I believe the best conversations we have in life all occur after the hour of 11 o'clock over milkshakes at diners, at, at, at Denny's, at IHOPs, at, at Waffle House. Waffle House doesn't even have milkshakes, but they got things that are smothered, covered, and chunked. And so shout out to that, right? Your In-N-Out burgers, your late-night food runs. I think the best conversations that we have in our lives occur during those times because we're with people that we love. And so that's why I invited today a man that I absolutely love. His name is Sam Davidson. He's an incredible individual. He and I met on the speaker circuit a number of years ago when we became fast friends and we've been through a lot of stuff in our lives together, both been in each other's weddings, neither in our first weddings, but both in our second. We'll get to that in a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, put your golf clap hands together for Sam Davidson, my man. Hey, what's up, brother? Thanks for having me. What's up, brother? Good to see you today. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. It's been uh, not too shabby a day. What about you? You know, I'm doing well, man. Just just went for a walk with the in-laws. I'm feeling sure. uh, lighter and refreshed. Great. Yeah, walking's good. Are you, are you doing a lot of walking right now in this amidst do, this pandemic? Yeah. Yeah, no, this pandemic's a hot mess. We go for a walk every single day. It's an hour of intentional time that we spend together, and it's powerful because otherwise we're just kind of sitting on our computers, putzing around, and and we sometimes, like, forget to talk. (laughs) Or if we do, it's like, can I just get a quick opinion? (laughs) But isn't it something about about this that – and I think people are starting to write or at least talk about this – is that there are habits, uh, disciplines – that people have undertaken that that I think deep down they're like, I I don't want this to stop whenever – normal returns whatever that looks like and i think walking is one of those things where people are like why, why didn't we do this before and can we keep doing this afterward uh and i hope so i don't see why not it'll be crazy to see what sticks through this time like the f- i mean i don't know about you but i had never been with my family on a zoom call before that technology <laughs> most certainly existed sure. yeah. <laughs> but we had never done it before and you're gonna do it again I mean, for at least a few times during this sure. thing, and then I wonder if it'll continue afterwards. I mean, my parents are snowbirds down in Florida, yeah. uh, and we're in Minneapolis. You know, my brothers and their families are on Long Island, so it's a quick way to get us all together. And there's just something to power about seeing each other's faces. I think there is, and I think that that Zoom is one of those things. I think there are uh, things that people are doing that, like, I want this to continue after all this, and there are things that people are like, good God, I do not want this to, to do again. And unfortunately, Zoom is one of those for me, not not because um, it can't be a powerful thing to connect with family, et cetera, but um, I've been on too many Zoom calls that could have been a phone call. It's sort of the whole you know joke, like, hey, this meeting could have been an email. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are like, the Zoom call could have been an email or not nothing, uh, or this would have been a call. Like back when we couldn't uh, freely associate, like this just would have been a phone call or a text message. But why do we have to set a time to do a Zoom call? So uh, that's that's one of my least yeah. favorite things. But anyway, and I know yeah, that's not sure. why you invited me to the diner tonight. 
Well, no, it's interesting, Sam, because the only way I could get in touch with you is if I actually scheduled a live broadcast yeah. part of the show, and then you're like, all right, fine, we can catch up. So well, That was true before the pandemic as well, though. You, <laughs> if, you're, if you're on my calendar, I can commit to it, which is unfortunate, I'll admit. That is that is something I could, I guess, get better at, but at the same time, if I prioritize, if I schedule it, then I prioritize it. I think it's true of anything, of, of meetings, and so I'm, I'm the guy who uh, – you know, puts in his Google calendar, like drive to work or uh, drive to airport at airport when my flight takes off, like oh, wow. drive to hotel. Yeah, it's all because that's when I know I can schedule a call or when I, I won't be doing anything else. Yeah. Here's another fun fact about you, Sam Davidson, I'd like to <laughs> out you on is that you use the dresser drawers in hotels. 100%. 100%. Now, I absolutely use them when staying more than one night. Uh, absolutely. I unpack the suitcase full as soon as I get in the hotel. It doesn't matter. Like if I'm pressed for time, unpack the suitcase entirely, put the suitcase in the closet, uh, unpack my, my toiletry kit, 100%. I'm moving in. Uh, if I only stay in one night, that's not always the case, but I refuse to move shorts out of the way to get to socks for four days straight. So yes, the drawers are there for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. I, that's going to go on your tombstone. I refuse to move shorts out of the ways. That's to right. Get it's to too, socks. No, it's I don't too got much time for this. I'm not going to do it. No. You, yeah. You didn't put it in your calendar. <laughs> nope. That's right. Unpack four minutes. What are, you, what are you drinking tonight, buddy? What's your pour tonight? Uh, we have just a little maker's mark uh, is what we've got tonight. So something Love simple. It. Yeah, neat. Something simple, something classic. Like I'm you. into it. I have, does anybody else use? I'm curious. Put it in the chat if you use the dresser drawers <laughs> in hotel rooms. If you're there for more than one night, if you if now you use them, you're, and you're you'll use night. hangers, won't you? Excuse me. You'll use hangers and an ironing board. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm a big ironer. It's one of the few things, one of the few household things that I love to do is iron, and I don't I don't know what it is, but there's just something satisfying about it to me. That's great. That's great. That's great. Sam, you've had a hell of a year. Uh, you've had a hell of thank you, Nicole. Never. I appreciate you. At least we <laughs> oh, got Elizabeth some people. Oh, Elizabeth is, okay. And yeah, and Susan, keep going. Oh, Alex, yes, please keep going. Oh, we got yeah, team pressure just coming strong right now. Okay, that's fine. You paid all of them. So, <laughs> Sam, you've had a heck of a year. In the month, uh, so in Q4 of 2019, your business had one of the most successful uh, quarters it's ever had in its existence. Um, and in the midst of that, you were like, let's have a baby. <laughs> you, you timed sure. your, the pregnancy and your family perfectly. Um, and so, so that was incredible. What was it like? What was it like balancing being in the most hectic time for your business, the most successful time for your business Q4. And you could tell a little people a little bit about batch sure. Nashville and what you all do. Um, but what was it like balancing that with, Oh my God, I'm going to be a father. Yeah, well, the, uh, the good thing for most people, maybe not everybody, but definitely for my wife and I, was that uh, we knew for about nine months that this baby was coming in December. So we couldn't oh, yeah. plan a little they, bit. They both. do let you know. Uh, yeah. They do, yeah. And uh, so both uh, at home and then especially at work. But uh, for the last seven years, I have been running a company called Batch. We're a Nashville-based gift and retail company that specializes in selling goods that are made uh, by a lot of local small businesses. So think artisan, think handcrafted, really high quality pancake mix, cookies, candles, barbecue sauce, leather goods, you name it. And we box those up, send them all over. Uh, so of course, because a lot of people use this for gifts, Christmas holiday season is absolutely the busiest time. And so last year in 2019, we knew that our son was gonna join us at some point in December. And he decided to thankfully show up on December 15th, which is absolutely kind of <laughs> right in the heyday. Um, 
But I think it's just like you. That's right. Just yeah, my my birthday is two weeks later, and so uh, I I know let's let's try to pack it all in. Let's just knock out birthdays, Christmas, all, and we're done for the year. Um, But I'm I'm a big believer in that you build your network before you need it, and an example of that was the previous June we hired a guy who ended up becoming our operations manager, and we had essentially six months to uh, ramp him up to to tackle that, knowing that at some point in December, maybe even sooner that I physically could not be there to help. And even my sort of text email communication would be limited uh, as a new dad. And so uh, it was something that took a lot of preparation. And and that's the way I think to get through things is to um, plan and prepare. One of the the best quotes I've heard was that um, planning is not preparation for the work of leadership, but planning is the work of leadership. And so I think that's, that's really a key thing that leaders plan. And for any kind of scenario, of course, again, what we're in the middle of right now is a lot of people didn't expect, especially to the degree that a lot of business owners are experiencing right now. But as best you can, if you can do that. And I think that's true of personal matters. It's true of professional matters, uh, both. That sounds lovely, Sam. Uh, I'm not really a planner, though, right? And I understand what the baby gave you nine months. I also know, uh, based on the look on your wife's face, that you didn't get that uh, that you didn't get that nursery done until about November 28th. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I got done. But there's a I get done. I get done. I get done. <laughs> Give me a deadline. It's going to get done. That's right. Uh, That's right. It's built crib. It was like yeah, uh, for the, sure. Yeah. 7 p.m. How about how about I mean, that's the business side of Sam talking right now. How about the I'm going to be a father now you have uh, you you have a, a beautiful daughter and, and Lindley. Um, and now, you know, your son Asa is in the building. Uh, welcome to the world. But what was it like? Uh, what was it like from an emotional side? Or did you channel everything just into business? Because like I can control this. Let me control this. No, I think uh, I, I was able to, and, and perhaps in prior years, it might not have been as easy, but I was able to um, be there for the birth, for those early days. Absolutely. I mean, it was one of those things. I remember the Saturday, uh, my wife went into labor and, you know, it's one of those things. Is this labor? Is it not? What's going on? But I remember driving to the hospital and making the calls. And so making calls to chap or operations manager, to Rob, uh, my co-founder, just to say, Hey, here's the deal. And they uh, were excited and happy for us. And they jumped into gear doing their thing. And so the next couple of days as we were at the hospital and then back at home, I mean, they, the, the company didn't miss a beat. Everything got out. Customers were happy. And yeah, here, here in the background, uh, I'm having a baby. So um, yeah, thankfully it, it was, a, a, right. It was, um, it worked out. I mean, it was one of those things that, yeah, it, it was not ideal if you were able to really plan out when somebody's going to get pregnant and have a baby and given the nature of my company, sure, we would, we would have a baby now, uh, in, in a time that's not as busy, but life happens of course, as it does. And, and you can make plans around that. Yeah, that's fair. man. I love that <laughs> on the way to the hospital, you're calling, you're calling the dude and at the head of packaging, you're calling your business partner. You're like, listen, we got to go. Uh, fortunately, Nashville traffic gave you plenty of time to make those right. calls. Well, uh, when I called Ch- uh, Chap, our ops manager, I said, I picked up the phone. He goes, oh, hey, Sam, are you on your way to the warehouse? And because uh, I think I had planned on going in to help a little bit that day on a Saturday. And I was like, uh, no, I am in the car, but uh, we're heading somewhere <laughs> else, a little north of the warehouse. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, again, that that was kind of the, thankfully that was also the craziest it got. It wasn't there. I was on the phone shouting delivery instructions, 
package delivery instructions, not uh, baby delivery instructions through the phone. I mean, it wasn't one of those movie scenarios. Uh, it all worked. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love that, man. Uh, I love that. I, and let's also admit really quick that chap is a name that only exists below the Mason Dixon line. Like you're yeah, legally not allowed this. to name your baby that in New York. <laughs> well, I heard this today. So his birth name is Charles. And I think he has no idea we're talking about him this much. Uh, but I heard this story today is that his some of his people come from Texas and uh, he was named after somebody in his family uh, who was a cowboy who went by Charles, his birth name, but because he was a cowboy and wore chaps he was called chap and so the the name sort of stuck as well go figure i love it yeah i'm also called chap but it's for very different reasons <laughs> um so sam as someone who uh as someone who is a big planner like you are a fairly type a individual when you have a conversation yeah. with you you're, you're super com- uh, a great conversationalist super easy to talk to seemingly laid back right you got your bourbon in your hand you're hanging out your beard is at varying lengths depending on your mood and uh super charismatic man um but I did not know how type A you were. Um, and so I did not. And actually, I learned this when I came to your beautiful home and and I opened up the refrigerator and I was like, did you think that you were going to be on an episode of Cribs today? Shout out to that old show. But I I, I opened it up and the vi- I don't even know if it was vitamin waters. I don't even know what kind. you're going to correct me. But the, the specific waters that you had were lined up in like uh, ombre color yeah. order. And yeah. it was really stunning. And I was like, oh, what's going on in here, bro? I mean, have you always been this type A? I think so. And yeah, th- this uh, makes me sound real cool. So I really love how this is opening, how this uh, interview is opening. Um, because yeah, as soon as I get home from the grocery, Costco, wherever, uh, which I, I enjoy, I enjoy grocery shopping and I enjoy putting everything away because I get to organize it. And so, yeah, that's that's like if something is in a um, some sort of holder container, so a, a six pack, like they come out of the rings and they get lined up in the beverage section of the fridge. Uh, again, part of this uh, pandemic we're in and cooking so much, told my wife the other night, I was like, gosh, we've never had, my fridge has never been this full. Uh, yeah. Because I, mean, I, I go weekly to the grocery, so like, why why would we have more than a week's worth of food? Like, we go again and get more stuff. And so um, I think that's that's uh, my grocery habits, my fridge habits. But have I always been type A? Yes. And, and you could ask my mom and she would verify that 100%. There's a picture of me, <laughs> I don't know if I'm five or six or seven, but... I, uh, it's like a, my desk in my room as a first or second grader. And I have like a pencil cup with pencils in it and everything is kind of laid out. I mean, I mean, uh, so yeah, there, for whatever reason, there has been some desire or some, uh, a, a problem with me and, and no having problem, this. No problem. Well, I, th- I think some of it's control. I mean, let's be honest, like that's exactly what it is. I think there is a, a level of uh, control that I feel comfortable with that I need. And so if I can have it and how the fridge is organized, God bless my wife. She's like, you can have that. That's fine. Um, and so that, that can help me stay sane. Uh, there's some ways when obviously it doesn't work out, but that's, yeah, I think that's, that is part of who I've, I've been. Yeah, for sure. For sure. If you're watching this, are you someone who is super type A or do you like, are, if I were to look in your closet, would I be able to t- understand what Roy G. Biv means? Uh, like what, what's your underwear drawer look like? Not in contents. I'm just talking about an organization. Let's not make it weird here. Uh, so I, um, Uh, it's interesting. I am the opposite of you, which is something that we've known for a while. Uh, When I was younger, I used to say that I collect collections. 
Um, okay. And so, okay. like, if you were come to my, if you were coming to my, uh, to my childhood bedroom, you would see that there was uh, there was a, a notebook filled with stickers, um, and I would buy st- sticker sheets and unstick each sticker and just put them into this cheap notebook. It wasn't some fancy notebook. You couldn't unpeel them if you tried to; it rip off the paper. So I had that. I also had my keychain collection. I also had my postcard collection. I also had my bookmark connection. I also had my uh, pamphlets from random hotels right by the elevator collection. I also had my matchbox cards. I had my Ren and Stimpy comics. I had my baseball cards, basketball cards, all of which that had bent corners, right? Like (laughs) I collected collections, uh, which is the opposite, I feel, of, of what you do. Well, I think there um, there are probably things I have collected. I think I've gotten to a point also where um, I am not afraid to let go of something, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Something is not you, and not, not not in a sort of Marie Kondo way, but just in a way of hey, I'm not going to use this. Why do we have this? Do I need this? I don't wear this, um, and and I don't uh, either feel bad about that or so. No. Yeah, my my I don't know the last time I bought. A new article of clothing. Um, I'm sure I was, there's something, but uh, that's something that is not a. This is the last like, time you bought any new article of clothing. I mean, like I think I got some like t-shirt. I went somewhere and I got a t-shirt last year, but uh, it's not a thing. Um, uh, yeah, like that's it's. I, I don't know what again. Like uh, I've I've had this like this shirt probably I wear this like every seven six seven days like it's just in rotation that's what I wear and that's you're like Bart Simpson <laughs> a little bit like that or you know something with Steve Jobs like give me a give me a little bit of a higher level comparison there okay like, excuse me I'm uh, very, I'm very sure very I don't wear the same thing every day black turtleneck jeans but I also don't mind it. like I wore the same thing yesterday that I wore the day before just because I didn't go anywhere especially right now so yeah. Oh yeah, right now for sure. It, it's interesting. I don't. I don't know how this is in your household, but in my household, we've just kind of split it up. Where Tina hates doing the dishes, and so I'm on dishes duty. I don't mind dishes, uh, but and Tina does laundry because I don't like doing laundry. Um, yeah. Because uh, I would do the same thing that you do, only I would not have washed it. Um, and yeah. so uh, there's an unfortunate fun fact for you. Uh, but. <laughs> It's like, ah, it sat there for seven days. It probably cleaned itself. Um, right. And so that's how that works, right? Yeah. Just like in college when I used to put uh, checks from, from credit card companies and just like, or like the bills from credit card companies, yeah. like, ah, it'll pay itself if I keep it under the yeah. stack of books. I'll figure it out. I'll figure yeah. It out. yeah, right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I majored in science, Sam, so don't worry about it. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> but so Tina does the laundry and I do the dishes. And let me tell you, Tina's winning right now during quarantine. What do you mean? It's, oh, it's she, she yeah. We're, she's, we're doing yeah. laundry like every two weeks. Cause we're wearing right. like, the same pajamas or whatever. And yeah, I mean, we're cooking three meals yeah. a day. Yeah. So when you say, when you say you do dishes, like you rinse them and put them in a dishwasher. I don't know. I, I So we do use the dishwasher from time to time, but I don't know. I grew up in a household where my parents washed the dishes. Some of my favorite memories of my parents growing up was them putting on some Motown and them dancing in the kitchen while they did dishes. And that was their time. Yeah. It felt like it was their time to catch up. Like, and there mm-hmm. were times where I would sure. feel like I would pull up a chair and just like, or a stool in the kitchen and just kind of watch them interact and just watch their love happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't understand what I was seeing, but I knew I was having a good time. Yeah. Um, and so my parents do the dishes every single day and they use the dishwasher from time to time. Yeah. Um, but it's like a once a week, maybe you're running it kind of thing. Okay. And so I don't know why I just, if I, I'm the kind of guy who, while he's kick, cooking, he's also doing the dishes. Sure. Uh, so that by the end, 
it's not really oh, anything sure, that's going sure. in the dishwasher anyway. Yeah, we're uh, we're almost up to like twice a day running the dishwasher right now uh, because, yeah, we're cooking wow. three squares. And so, yeah, love it, man. Love it. That's awesome, man. So here's an interesting thing that you and I have in common. You and I have both been through uh, it's not, not, not something that we broadcast a lot, um, but we have both been through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we actually uh, we went through a divorce around three months apart from each other. And, and that was definitely the hardest time in my life. Uh, it, it sucked. It was cold. It was dark. It was a lot of shame. It was a whole bunch of stuff for me. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, my business was starting to skyrocket, right? Mm-hmm. Like my numbers were starting to climb. I was starting to talk that hockey stick that everybody talks about. I was like, here we go. Um, and I was really excited about it. You're kind of the same way. Cause you started batch right around the time that we met, mm-hmm. which was probably seven, eight years ago. Um, yeah. and, and batch started off just kind of this as a gift box service. Um, and then all of a sudden you got this retail space in the Nashville farmer's market. And then you started moving to other cities. You were in Austin, you were doing stuff in, in, uh, in, in Charleston and in some other cool places and it really started to take off right around the time that your first marriage started to deteriorate. Yeah. What was it like for you? having so much success and watching your dreams happen in one area while watching something else completely plummet that you thought was it, that you thought like the, the one thing that should have been stable through that time wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was that, what was that dichotomy like for you, man? Man, I think um, <clears throat> for a long time, a lot of people have uh, gotten rid of this myth of kind of work-life balance or work-life separation and they talk about work-life integration or, or work-life soup or, or whatever but um, I think in that point I, I realized first and foremost that the the distinction between uh, work-life home life work-life personal life uh, there there was no blurred line and not because two people were working in the business and always around each other and making the same decisions but um, just because as an entrepreneur a lot of times you can be uh, putting out fires, trying to answer difficult questions, solve big problems, and then to uh, come on and have to, to do that uh, also. Um, you know, a lot of my journey dealt with, uh, was, was a journey inward, I think, through, through that point in time. And so I found myself in therapy consistently for the first time in my life mm-hmm. um, and knew that ultimately there was a lot of work that had to be done on myself. And to me, that was the bigger, I think, contrast was, uh, here's this company that I started that had lots of public um, accolades and notoriety and appearing in the press and people enjoying it and sharing it and crazy growth. It was the fourth company I've started, but had grown quicker in terms of revenue, employees, customers, vendors, every, every metric you want to pick. Um, but then kind of uh, when you got to take a deep breath from that, just looking inside and being like, geez, I've got a lot of work to do. Um, and so thankfully I had, a, uh, had and still have a great therapist that, that helps with that. Um, and so to me, that was the, the sort of the bigger contrast uh, between what life looked like at that point in time. And look, when, when Batch started, when it was actually founded, that coincided with um, the busiest point in my speaking career. And so I was not only trying to help start a fast growing company where we were really building the infrastructure as we're, we're, we're trying to grow this thing, um, but also being on the right thing at that time, I was doing either 40 or 50 dates a year, speaking events yeah. a year. Um, and so then you're gone 
And then, yeah, you've got this, this key relationship that you're trying to figure out working on your stuff. Uh, my daughter, I think, was three or four at the time. So, uh, yeah, it was anything but easy or predictable. Uh, there was no planning. Speaking of planning, there was no planning that could have yeah. prepared for that or navigated that, that at all. You just have to go through it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I made a playlist for myself during that time, uh, during my time that literally is called uh, In the Fire. And that's kind of what I thought about the, that whole experience was like, I need to sit in this fire. Yeah, This cannot be something that I just dance around, that I work around, that I, uh, this has to be something that... Uh, that I must, I must sit in it. Uh, hmm. I made a play. I maybe went even too far, right? Like I made a playlist that <laughs> reminded me of my previous partner and sure. like our songs. I was like, you're going to sit here and listen to these songs and yeah. think about what you did and like figure out if it's truly right. Yeah. Um, but Ultimately, for me, I also went to therapy during that time, and therapy is so powerful. In this mm -hmm. country, we stigmatize uh, often. In many countries, many cultures stigmatize people who go to therapy. I personally think we should stigmatize people who don't go to therapy. <laughs> um, but uh, but still, but still, um, for me, when I was going to therapy, I learned the big difference between good and bad selfish. Hmm. Which bad selfish, like bad selfish is one of bad selfish is the kind of thing where you're doing something and it hurts somebody else. You're doing something out of power. You're doing something uh, with disregard to other pieces of humanity. Uh, and, and you're doing things also with disregard of yourself and what you want. Uh, whereas good selfish, good selfish comes down to you deserve a life of happiness. You deserve <laughs> the life that you want to live, right? Like I, I live, we've talked about this and I'll probably say this many times on this show, but I live my life based on what I want to be said in my eulogy. And so I was not writing a story that I was super excited about. I was living a good life. Please don't, let me not paint a picture at all. But the thing is, is that it was good, but I felt like I could get great. And I think sometimes that is good selfish. Uh, and it can be, I think there's, there's some lines in there. It's how you go about it and how you obtain it. But through therapy, I really learned that I was not standing up for myself in my own life. I mean, even to my own self, I was a giant accommodator to my friends, to my family, uh, and in my relationship, uh, and, and most certainly to the dogs that we had, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like if they came over and dropped the tennis ball and I was in the middle of an email, I was like, okay, I'll play. Right. It was right. like I even accommodated to the dogs. Uh, and, uh, um, but they were wonderful, <laughs> but still <laughs> it was so, it was so interesting. Uh, it's, it's just so interesting what we pull out of that experience sure. and that travel. I know one thing, one thing that you and I talked about um, was that travel was a bit of an escape. Oh, hundred percent. That travel was time to write, that travel mm -hmm. was time to think, that time. I mean, I wrote a book on authenticity and vulnerability while I wasn't being that <laughs> with the one person in my life I was supposed to be sure. being that with. Sure. So, But isn't it easy to, to write about, and I mean, uh, speakers do this all the time, right, James? Is that it's easy to talk about what other people should be doing or, hey, here's the best practices for anything, leadership, sales, uh, community building, teamwork, whatever. Um, man, that's so easy to tell other people how to do it or what to do. It doesn't mean it's wrong, but I sure. think, yeah, the real challenge is, but are you living that? Are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like to tell people that I'm a big pharmacist, right? I'm out here passing okay. out the drugs, but I'm not taking them myself. Sure. 
Sure. Yeah, you should love yourself. You should take care of yourself. You should work out. You should oh, yeah, chase your dreams. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. right? But it's like, oh, no, it's not for me, though. No, no. I no, 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 no. It's somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, travel was, um, yeah, it was something that as, especially as everything got uh, busy would be the nicest word to use. But as, as everything yeah. from speaking to uh, relationship to uh, startup to parenthood um, was all so much being locked in a metal tube, choosing not to log onto Wi-Fi at 30,000 feet in the air was the only place to get away from it all. Um, and so it was one of those things where um, walking into an airport felt more like home. And I didn't, again, I, I didn't, I was not cognizant of this at the time. I, if I had, um, I think that, that, that lots of things could have been different, but uh, it wasn't until after the fact being able to analyze a lot of this and doing a lot of that yeah. introspective work, but to be able to say, to sit down and seat Ford F and be like, ah, I'm home. Um, <laughs> I used to, I used to watch that movie uh, up in the air with George Clooney. Oh yeah. Great like, movie. Well, well, but I was like, God, what a happy story. This guy's awesome. And it's like, <laughs> and everybody was like, dude, that guy's like the saddest guy. Like, what are you talking about? You want to be that? No, he's like so sad. If not, you to find sadness, that. right? Like, <laughs> I not see that uh, until after the fact, and you're just like, oh, yeah. Um, and so, uh, and then, you know, now here, many years later, to to want to be home, to enjoy the cooking and the washing the dishes is is such a different place to be, but a much better place to be. Um, even though the company's still busy, even though I do still travel a handful of times a year, um, there's there's a, an understanding of of home that uh, means a lot more. That's a lot deeper uh, and resonates more with who I am. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that, brother. And that's a place where you and I differed a little bit because I still love the road. Um, sure. But I now have someone that I miss a lot. Mm -hmm. um, right. And that, so that feels a little bit, it just feels a little bit different. And this is no disrespect at all to my, to my previous partner. I mean, incredible human mm -hmm. being um, and deserving of all the love and affection and happiness in the world. Um, and so this, it's just, this is all, this was all stuff that was, it literally was a, it's not you, it's me kind of thing. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, but it was, but with that being said, uh, which is by way of my new favorite catch line. I know Sam, Sam, as a fellow speaker, you like to point out what my vocal pauses are. And with that being said is my new vocal pause. I say it about three times a speech. So with that being said, um, <laughs> when we got into new relationships, I know for me, when I first got into a new relationship after hurting somebody, it was so much easier for me to love Tina than it was for me to let her love me. Hmm. It was just so much because it just—I didn't feel like I deserved it, having hurt yeah. somebody. And uh, I wonder, did you did you feel any of that, or or, or what was it about uh, about about your wife that uh, you know that you were like, nah, this is this is it. I can I can, for lack of a better phrase, love again or <laughs> commit commit again, right? Yeah, I think um, it, it probably wasn't as um, I don't want to call it an epiphany, but. For you, I think, you know, there, there was sort of a, a, a line of demarcation there. I think for me, it took time to um, understand the things that I needed and wanted in a relationship and to be able to communicate those things. I think, yeah. I mean, you talked a little bit earlier about um, the good selfish, bad selfish. And I think whether it was our upbringings, but I think there's a lot of overlap between you and I uh, in that and wanting to um, help others, serve others be kind to others, none of which on the surface are bad characteristics. Um, but they, again, if you 
um, like, like anything that's abused, then it can go too far. Um, so for me, it took a while to be able to, to um, be vulnerable, honest, uh, and to communicate that. Again, as great, as easily as we can communicate things on a stage or in writing, to be able to do that one-on-one uh, in those moments, for me, just took a lot of work. And so to finally, uh, to find a person that I could be that with and to, uh, for me, that was kind of the, the hallmark moment of being, of, of realizing, like, here is a person that I can be that with. Yeah. That's beautiful, brother. That's beautiful. Uh, your happiness makes me happy, man. Uh, and I, I know it's cheesy, uh, but I lo- you don't get this sexy not eating cheese player. So, uh, <laughs> um, Sam, this was uh, so powerful, man. I'm so glad that you took the time to hang out uh, with all of us today and to share a little bit about your story uh, and, and just a little bit about your life, man, and your thoughts on yeah. it. Uh, your yeah. wisdom your wisdom is palpable. If you if you like Sam, give Sam a shout out in the comments or smash that like button uh, if you like what Sam had to say here today. Uh, and if he gets enough likes, maybe, maybe I can have him back as a guest. I don't know if he'll let me back on the calendar. <laughs> it's open right now so you gotta take a pick (laughs) yeah right yeah we ain't doing nothing right now uh that's awesome uh friends thank you so much for joining we're gonna hang out for a little bit if you have questions uh for either of us we'll hang out and we'll do a little bit of a discussion right now if you want to throw some questions uh for for or comments about what we talked about in that chat i'd love to hear what you have to say um and we'd love to answer some of those questions for you again if you have thoughts about sam if you want to talk about being an entrepreneur chasing those dreams started four companies uh, if you want to talk about love heartbreak therapy uh let's uh let's definitely uh let's definitely have those conversations right now friends and and if you are going to leave us right now thank you so much for coming thank you so much for tuning into this episode of diner talks with james it was so much fun getting to hang out with you and finish our milkshakes in that squeaky red leather booth (laughs) (laughs) If you do me a favor and smash that subscribe button, that would be dope. And also, if you could leave a review on iTunes, well, come on now, you're going to make me blush. (laughs) Also, if you want to be a part of the action, we record these live on YouTube Live every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to YouTube and type in James T. Robo and smash that red subscribe button so you know when we go live next. Also, while we're on the subject, I'm James T. Robo all over the internet. I post meaningful content on Instagram, witty content on Twitter. Let's get connected in some other places, folks. And as always, if you're interested in learning more about the guest tonight, please check out the show notes. My friends, until next time, keep punching small talk in the face by asking better questions. Y'all take care.